Do we have a theme song? I don't think we... Mm. We don't have a theme song, Kyle. <laughs> we have that... Wait. Wait. Yes, we do. Hold on. Oh, we do? Hold on. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm scared. I'm trying to find it. And you're like... Okay, I'm like breathing like... <sighs> <laughs> Sorry. Wait, I'm really... I'm really like curious now. What's our theme song? Hold on. I'm getting it. You're I getting it? Okay, fine. I'll wait. Hopefully our listeners will too. Hey guys, how's it going? Pretty good. You don't answer. I, I asked the listeners. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. What did you do today, Kyle? I'm changing my Skype profile picture. Why are you changing? Dude, we're recording. Why are you change that? <laughs> so you can see a better picture of my face. I, there's no good pictures of your face. That's that's offensive. <laughs> I have a face. <laughs> I don't know. What are, okay. Well, so far it's the same picture. I don't know if you changed it yet. I just changed. Oh crap! I just closed the window. Did I just hang up? No, no. Oh no! There you go. It's <laughs> literally the exact same picture, but Instagrammed and uh, black and white. And I literally hair. just have. I literally just have a black and white filter on it. And more hair product. Way more hair product. You look a little bit more mellow in this picture. This is your current uh, Twitter avatar, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, people know what we're talking about. It's uh, Kyle's Twitter avatar that we're uh, critiquing here. I always. I don't know. There's this literally, like, <laughs> we're doing story time on my Twitter avatar. <laughs> There's this one spot in my house that, like, every morning, like, the lighting is perfect, and it does the whole half face, face lit thing, mm. and so it's balance or whatever, but, so, <laughs> yes, that's, <laughs> that's, that's it's where I take my f- profile pictures right next to um, our iMac and between a pillar and I don't know. Do you have selfie time every morning when the sun is just right and you take all the selfies you'll need for the day? Possibly. That's when I make my Snapchat story content. For the entire day? You can't stack that in advance, right? You have to record directly into Snapchat? Yeah, I think. Hmm. Snapchat. I need to to get, like, an advertiser's account so I can just post stuff willy-nilly. Oh, God. Uh, First topic, topic zero, Snapchat advertising. I despise the fact that they have that new, like, discover commercial thing. At least it's in its own pain now because, like, you have to like intentionally swipe into it there's no real um like it doesn't pop up randomly in your story or other people's stories but it's much more like i i, I don't know with these kinds of like oh we'll make this thing and then figure it out later once it becomes huge uh to figure out how to monetize it it's like come on really it's kind of i mean it is kind of better i mean at least it's not those stupid stories you know that are in there it's like college football yippee mardi gras their story is 394 seconds and we have these random teenagers that aren't really teenagers recording crap. I think that's different. I think that's like crowdsourced stuff. So like if you're there or you're posting something relevant to it, you can post that in like the worldwide story. And and like if you uh, touch it in your timeline, uh, it'll show like a random selection. It's like checking a trending topic on Twitter, but for Snapchat. It's... I guess Utah's too boring to have any of those events. Like, <laughs> is that, oh, is that what it means when it's like public story or whatever? Yeah, yeah, that's what that is. What does it say? Hold on. I guess this right. <laughs> like, For our older listeners, if you are uh, curious about what Snapchat is or why it has uh, taken off so uh, big in our young folk uh, sector of Twitter, please uh, email Kyle. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm the millennial that... Wait, where'd it go? Oh, I guess... I think it pops up, like, sometimes. It's, like, a thing under stories that says, like, this thing, and then you can contribute it to it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. But... Um... My school's having a Mardi Gras party on Friday. Maybe we'll, maybe I can post to it or something then. They do Mardi know. Gras in Utah? 
apparently. I don't know. It's like Mardi Gras this Friday, nine a.m. to nine p.m. to two p.m. two nine p.m. to two a.m. <laughs> That's insane. Um, you'll appreciate this. Just before we recorded, I watched uh, half of your favorite Fallout Boy song. Oh no. Wait, which one's that? I watched American Beauty. Oh my gosh, that music video doesn't make sense. I'm sorry, what? That music video doesn't. Oh no, no, idiot. I watched what? American Beauty. Yeah, that movie. That movie doesn't make sense either. It's kind no. of scary. Oh, wait, you've seen it? Parts of it. Oh well, yeah, that movie really doesn't make sense. It's uh, pretty. It it has that same kind of like really dry, stark editing that I. Uh, it's very '90s. It's very, as my roommate put it, Criterion Collection. But I think it's really awesome. Like Kevin Spacey is one of the most powerful actors out there. Uh, I still want to unpack what it means to be, you know, in control or what it means to do like what he does to his entire family. But you know. Speaking of like weird movies and a really more recent one, have you seen Birdman? Birdman? I saw Birdman like three times. I bought it on iTunes. Isn't it? Okay. Uh, we have right topics. Now? Do we want to do an after show with uh, just Birdman talk and then we can uh, get through our other spoiler free things and uh, we can do what Back to Work did and just have a spoiler filled uh, Birdman after dark? Sure. Yeah. We can like say pause now or I mean, yeah, or we could just do it later and see if we want to re- reveal anything really with that and, and still talk about it because you can be kind of vague because the whole movie's kind of vague spoiler. the movie's vague but i feel like when a movie is like that it can uh spoilers are, are how do i describe this spoil like anything is a spoiler if we say what the first shot is it's a spoiler if we say what the last True. shot is it's a spoiler so like if when everything is a spoiler nothing is a spoiler but it's that kind of thing like i like, like going in that movie blind just a little side note, and then we'll go back to the topics. It kind of reminds me of, like, The Prestige, where it seems, like, open to interpretation a little bit, but also just kind of straight-out confusing. Oh, yeah. Where it's just, like, you have to watch it a couple times, which is nice, because you hate those movies where you watch it once, and you're like, okay, never watching that again, or never really going to look at that, or, oh, that was good, but but you have to watch it a couple times, and you appreciate new things every time. What's the movie you've seen the most in your life? Um... I really like Dark Knight, and I probably watch that a lot. And then, probably, just thinking like, besides Disney cartoons, probably Inception. So Nolan movies, that's awesome. Nolan, yeah, yeah, I guess actually, yeah, Nolan. I do actually. I'm not. I'm not really one of those people that kind of like. I like his style, or I notice the kind of styles kind of like, defocused or incomparable, or I don't know if the incomparable does that, but. I do, I guess, yeah. I like Nolan movies. Interstellar was pretty awesome. Um, I've lo- I love the Batman trilogy. I haven't seen Superman because everyone says it sucks. He he just produced that. It's the least Zack Snydery of all of Zack Snyder's movies, but it's still a crappy movie. Hmm. Yeah, everyone just likes that. Don't see it. So I'm just like, okay. Yeah, just I'll don't just, even bother. I'll just add it to my extensive list of movies I haven't seen. Yeah, there is an extensive list. Uh, I've seen. My go-to pick is The Princess Bride uh, for movies oh. I've seen the most. Um, just because it's, it's like it's a movie if, uh, you know, I can't figure out something to watch or I have people over. That's a movie I will sit someone down and say, okay, you have to watch this. Uh, movies that I, like, went through phases that I just, like, watched over and over again maybe once or twice a week for a few months. Uh, uh, they're probably up there. So The Social Network, Moonrise Kingdom, and Looper are the big ones. Yeah, Social Network is up there too, and I and actually I forgot. I mean, I kind of forgot Princess Bride, but I've watched that since I was a kid. But I've never really like repetitively watched it as much as I've seen like Inception, like where I kind of go in depth with it. But yeah, that's definitely one up there with um, Social Network. 
which I still need to watch again. What do you want to talk about first, man? Um, Valentine's Day weekend. Valentine's Day weekend. What'd you do? Um, I played Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually did the thing I was talking about last time on the podcast where my siblings actually came in town and we actually all went to um, my school and played Mario Kart for like an hour or two, which was fun. <laughs> No, I, I, I basically spent it with my family. Um, my mom was in town. Um, my family's from Arizona, so they were in town. And so we all kind of hung out. We, um, yeah, we went to U of U. We went hiking. And then what did we do Saturday? I can't remember. But, yeah, just hung, hanging out with them all weekend. And then on Monday, um, we hung, I hung out with my roommates, and we watched Big Hero 6. Finally, I finally saw that. Yeah, that's a movie I still need to see. I've heard some really fantastic things about it. It apparently is the third highest grossing Disney animated movie ever, just behind, uh, God, Lion King and And something else. But it's like... Frozen, I think. It might be Frozen, but wow, okay. This is a random sleeper hit that I didn't expect at all. Yeah, it kind of came, I mean, like, it's released... Okay, so it passed Big Hero, it passed Beauty and the Beast, becoming the third highest grossing film behind... Frozen and then Lion King. Wow. Oh wait, yeah, because Lion King gross uh, is four hundred twenty-two million. Frozen is four hundred million, and uh, Big Hero Six is slacking behind at two hundred nineteen million. <laughs> slacking, yeah, two hundred nineteen million. That like, oh, come on, guys. They're, they're two hundred million behind. Oh, oh, I thought they were at two hundred million. Oh, no, That's they awesome. are. They're two. Two. I mean, because Frozen's at four hundred. How do I math? I don't know I don't how know. math works. <laughs> <laughs> I failed pre-calc twice, so. Oh, really? No, I don't know. God, I miss calculus. I mean, uh, what? Well, so, uh, this is a tangent. We're not going down it. I spent my Valentine's Day with my girlfriend in Somerville. Uh, we, um, oh, God, let me How think. How did you escape Boston? So, okay. Uh, well, Somerville is, like, very close to Boston. It's, like, four miles away. Um, it is accessible via the T, our transportation system, which... Uh, because of snow has been literally the worst thing in the world. I saw, um, so we have uh, these tangents of the green line. So it uh, starts as one, then splits into B, C, D, and E lines. Uh, I live off of the D line. I go to school off the E line. And um, thankfully, the point where they join is maybe a five-minute walk away at Kenmore. But the thing is, uh, they've stopped all of the like s- the split branches because they've all been covered in snow, and it's more like a trolley car or something in uh, San Francisco at that point because they go above mm-hmm. ground. They like weave in and out of traffic, but oh my god, they- the snow is so bad that we can't even use like half of the green line. Um, I saw a green line car on the E line while I was at school, and it looked like a giant beached Arctic whale. Just because it was like it was sitting there with nowhere to go, no one was on it. All the doors were open. I have no idea how it got there in the first place. It was surrounded by snowbanks and was not there last night, so I have no idea how it got there. But uh, oh we gosh. ended up um, like we've just been walking everywhere the past few days. But going out to Somerville is uh, off of the red line, and every so often out there where it's easy enough to um, like walk between places, they started putting buses where you can uh, instead of you know taking the t from stop to stop on the train tracks they'll just run shuttle buses from stop to stop stop and that's what they've been doing and it's been hellish getting to and from there like it's gotten to the point where me and my girlfriend we don't really fight but it's like okay i went out to your place last time it took an hour and a half please come over (laughs) here uh we try to balance it out um much more than we usually do just because it's impossible to get around and nobody wants to do it yeah it's like everything's still kind of closed or 
uh, it's not as bad as it is. Like it's uh, sometimes a crapshoot whether or not something will be open or the hours will change. Um, a few days ago, it was really bad. Like um, every one of the businesses I follow on tour is like, yeah, we're closing at three. Sorry, guys. <laughs> It seems like everyone I know that's on the East Coast, or and apparently I follow a lot of people around Boston, that it's just like, closed, closed, here's our forecast, 17 inches of snow, and I also saw a video today, I think in Boston, where these cars are driving down a freeway, and some car had like slipped on the ice and was just sitting on its side in the middle of the road. <laughs> that that <laughs> just sounds like, accurate. And I was just like, I would not want to be driving over there right now, and I'm glad you guys took the hit for us and took all of our snow, because... Utah has literally no snow right now except for the mountains. I hate we, you so much. We we usually have like Sundance, which is the nationwide renowned resort and Olympic resort and everything, is like bare bones and barely functioning. I think they have some a little bit of artificial snow on some of the bigger slopes, but it's just they just they're totally dead. Like oh yeah, and one thing over the weekend we went to visit. There's this, there's these ice castles that they have up near Sundance which is Sundance is basically through a canyon and like there's like it's it's on the way to Park City where the Sundance Film Festival is whole sh- yeah that's what I thought of when you said uh Sundance <laughs> yeah it's that Sundance mm-hmm. um and there's these ice castles that they usually have here every year and it's just a huge thing where you can go inside and like explore and my mom's like oh we should go visit them and see what they look like or at least where they are and it's just it's sad like they were apparently open for only 6 days this year out of the whole winter six wow. days like, they built it and then it just got warm enough that it just melted and they couldn't let anyone go inside Ugh. and it, it i gotta fi- i'll put some pictures in the show notes or see if i can send some to you but that's insane um, i mean they they usually look really really cool dealing with the snow here has been like i i love snow but walking to and from class every day has been like walking Oof. on the beach in your shoes and it's impossible to get around oh i hate that like, I, I get that walking on the beach with your shoes is the worst. Except then everything gets wet and you get cold. <laughs> yeah, that's the only difference between uh, them and now. Uh, but let me think. I spent some uh, words. I'm going to cut that. I spent uh, Valentine's Day in Somerville with uh, my girlfriend. And what happened was we, uh, we got out there and we literally just hung out and drank wine and uh, ate pasta. And it was delicious. But, like... Oh, God, what were we doing? We watched Bob's Burgers, Hoarders, and Clueless, and that was our Valentine's Day. It was perfect. <laughs> what happened was, like, um, we tried to... See, okay, watching Valentine's Day movies on Valentine's Day is rough because, like, what qualifies as a Valentine's Day movie and then... Leap start, Year? Hmm? Leap Year? Uh, what's that? It's... Oh, goodness, now we're venturing down the thing of how many chick flicks I've seen. Um, it's the one with Amy Adams like a chick flick with amy oh Adams my god wait does she um uh, does she travel to yeah. ireland or something yeah i remember seeing that movie and thinking it was the worst thing i'd ever seen exactly it's <laughs> so bad and i think it has that guy from enchanted in it or someone else, i don't know but it's just i i've grown up with four sisters and so like all the chick flicks wedding crashers bridesmaids wedding crashers is not a chick no flick. wait not wedding crashers it's wedding Wedding it's something singer. with a wedding. The wedding singer? No, it's maybe bridesmaids or wedding planner. Wedding planner. Wedding planner. Okay. <laughs> it's terrible. It's so bad. I've seen way too many chick flicks. It's absolutely terrible. Uh, my yeah, mom I showed get... me the best ones of the uh, of the chick flicks. My favorite is Love Actually. Oh my gosh. I think I remember some of that one. Uh, chick flick movies are the worst. Well, they can be fun if they're like in that like 
high, like elevated reality chick flick fun sensibility, like Clueless, which is what we ended up watching on Valentine's Day, is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. I have a hard time believing that people like they, they couldn't have taken that, you know, seriously. It had to have been ironic on some scale. So it's this it, the most 90s movie I've ever seen. But it's also like Mean Girls in the way that you kind of make fun of the queen bees for being so oblivious. Like, is butter a carb? Yes. Like that same kind of humor is in Clueless, yeah. but it's all set in the 90s, which we can now look back on and laugh at. So I don't know if it was like where the uh, barometer is on the irony in, uh, in Clueless. It was still amazing, though. It's that kind of like elevated chick flick sensibility that was perfect for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I think it's perfect as long if they don't take themselves too seriously. That's that's when it gets kind of like perfect. Kind of like us. We don't really take this too seriously. No, exactly. And that's why it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes this fun it's like you know i get to hang out with you once a week and we talk about whatever we want and you know but we do have these things uh in this little google doc i have one called topix topix top what what is that oh it's know. gone now oh it's gone now oh there you go you just command z it oh, god kyle <laughs> is this what steven does in the uh relay chat <laughs> Just like post random stuff. Just post random stuff. No, it's kind of like, I mean, I was going to make a comparison of like funny versus serious, just like Bonanza, the Bonanza before today's Inquisitive was just hilarious. Just the contrast. I have not listened to Bonanza yet. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's Bonanza, so you can expect (laughs) it, but it's just like, it's just funny to see the contrast between the two and just see how good. But, um, so topics. <laughs> wait, wait, okay, brief Bonanza tangent. Were you there when um, Bonanza started? You were there when Bonanza started, right? Um, when, like, first... Bonanza started in Bionic, yes. No, no, with um, uh, the day that Bonanza Relay Edition was recorded with uh, Matt doing Inquisitive just before. Oh, yeah, yeah. That Everyone was... in the chat just wanted Bionic to happen immediately. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, the, I mean, if the... Sorry, <laughs> if they did, <laughs> God damn it! I mean, they, if they did it like in the reverse order, could you imagine the chaos? Like Bonanza, and then all serious. Yeah, that was, they were smart to have done that to uh, stack yeah. it that way. Yeah. So back to <laughs> Okay, so one of the things we kind of want to talk about and go on a little bit of a video game thing is Majora's Mask. Um, Zelda Majora's Mask, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask um, remake recently came out for 3DS and. We kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit. We've talked about Majora's Mask before and the creepiness and the general um, very uncanny valley um, mm. scariness and scars that we've suffered from <laughs> it. But, but yeah, I mean, um, I realized that I'm like, I should probably beat Ocarina of Time before... I should beat Ocarina of Time before I go and buy the next version of it on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, now I'm finally... I had my little rant on thursday where i'm just like i i literally opened my 3ds to play and realize i'm still stuck in the water temple (laughs) on ocarina of time which if you go back to me in as a child and on the in 64 i I had ocarina of time and i also had majora's mask but i never really beat them like and i think the same thing is for i'm stuck in the same situation on the n64 actual version of ocarina of time where i'm just i'm just in the water temple and i've never really gotten past that (laughs) And then I've, I mean, the first Zelda game, I mean, you were talking about this today, too, is where the first Zelda game you just beat when? Okay, uh, you finish your story, then I'll tell mine, because mine will probably infuriate you. 
No, I mean, I my first game that my first Zelda game that actually beat beat was um, Twilight Princess as well, just because I finally I had gotten a Wii a Wii not a Wii U, I gotten a Wii and we got Zelda with it as a launch game and I I mean it seemed relatively easier than just like there's there's the whole debate of if Nintendo made their games more accessible and more easier for the Wii because it was a family console, but I feel like that it was more easy for me. With the Wii, I feel like uh, Twilight Princess is one of the most... Hmm, how do I describe this? It had the most depth of any of the Zelda games I'd played at that point, uh, based purely on the mechanics, because as, as you alluded to, I've never beaten a Zelda game until last night, which I'll talk about later. But in terms of the mechanics, the way that they utilized every single button on the <clears throat> Wii controller was, I think, brilliant. Uh, it, it had its problems when, like... On one screen, the A button did this. On the next screen, the A button did something else because you'd oh, enter yeah. menus like left and right doing different things. And, you know, there's always that thing about video games where how the hell can this person carry all of this stuff without, like, <laughs> a massive backpack or whatever it is behind you? I realized he last throw, night. He just throws them in his shield. <laughs> Wait. No, you're joking, right? His shield is a backpack. No, you're joking. I'm just, I'm just going on. I don't know. Okay, you're joking. Good. So like, I realized last night Link was carrying a mace, like one of those giant ball and chains. Um, like I love that one. Several massive metal things, like iron boots that like he walks like a step every few seconds. How can you carry that without? I don't know. But um, don't ruin the magic of the game, Brian. <laughs> at least some games are a little bit more realistic. Like Resident Evil Four, you have to stack up things in your like pack. Re- Resident Evil Four has zombies. Zelda doesn't have zombies. Zelda has zombies. Zelda has zombies. I know. No, I'm just saying. It's not really. I don't know. I was trying to. <laughs> Resident Evil 4 also has machine guns that are double as chainsaws that double as explosions. And I don't know. Oh, my God. I love Resident Evil. But that's a different topic. So um, where was love I going with this? I've the seen UI. that movie. You're dead oh, to me. I, no, I said I have seen that. That's what I was. You're dead to me. I've seen. Re- What's wrong with. It's such a crappy movie. Like, the video games are the canonical version of the Resident Evil series. That's why it kind of scares me that people are saying that Netflix is going to make a Zelda movie. I'm just like, uh, no. Please, no. Have you seen the original animated version? I tried to forget about it. Yeah, good. Uh, (laughs) Excuse me, princess. (laughs) There's, um, God, there's that. There's, uh, like... I don't think it was Famicom because because that was just the uh, Japanese edition of the of the NES. But then it's like there's some other weird third party console that Nintendo licensed Zelda to for like three games. I watched a Let's Play of it. It was one of the worst things I'd ever seen because it has like random cutscenes that were uh, like hand animated, like the Zelda TV show, and it had the worst dialogue ever. I don't know. Uh, but going back to Twilight Princess, I ended up um, finally beating it last night after uh, playing for, I don't know, years. I hadn't played it since uh, my Wii said 2011. And um, my girlfriend came over and she was like, I really want to play Twilight Princess. Like, that, that's random. Okay, but sure, let's do it. So I um, I grabbed it, pu- uh, put it in. She was like, wait, you're really close to the end. And then we started playing the final boss and I realized why I stopped playing. It was impossible. What, what temple were you? Oh, you were just in the last castle with... In the last castle, yeah, with spoiler alert, Ganondorf, but that's not a spoiler. <laughs> God damn it, him again. Uh, it, it, he's the Bowser of the Zelda series. and what's my, Oh, he is, yeah. My favorite thing about Majora's Mask is that it, you have a completely different villain. The moon. Well, the moon. <laughs> God. I, that is the creepiest thing I've 
I, ugh, we've talked about how creepy this game is before, but watching the trailer again just before this, oh my god. What was really fun is I got to share, I, um, audience, um, for my Club Nintendo um, gift, they, they, they did like a yearly gift thing where if you had so many points in the Club Nintendo from buying games, you get a gift, and then they delivered around Christmas, so it's like a little Christmas present. And last year, last, last, 2013, I got the Majora's Mask soundtrack in 2013 as a gift. And for fun, I put a few tracks in uh, and showed them to Brian, and he got legitimately scared. Like, they have one. Um, I'd ask you to edit it in, but that's too much. No, um, I'll be editing this in. Don't worry. Like, as I'm talking right now and as you'll continue to talk, there will be Zelda music underneath this. <laughs> Perfect. Um, of the there's a scene in Majora's Mask which again I didn't really remember because I haven't really played through it as much because of reasons and there's like a scene where there's literally aliens kidnapping cows and you have to save the cows from alien like this is in a Zelda game that is medieval times and there's a bunch of aliens kept kidnapping cows on a dairy farm and you have to save them and it's just like the creepiest music you will ever hear back into our Lavender Town rant from how many episodes ago just how nope. creepy it was nope 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 <laughs> nope nope and one more time nope so <laughs> god that lavender town music uh like, sorry go on sorry i'm having a video game music seizure please don't please i, I won't don't worry but uh there's <laughs> we're so stupid no <laughs> uh Ugh. what were we talking about Twilight Princess. You Twilight Princess. It, uh, yeah, so I finally beat it after like nine years. We realized because I did get it as soon as the Wii came out as the launch title and played through it for hours and hours and hours and it just stopped uh, because that final boss was so hard. I remember now, and I finally beat it, and it was the what first was so Zelda hard? game I've ever beaten. What was so hard about the final boss for you? Uh, you remember it, right? Yeah, no, so, I remember it clearly. Uh, there was um, I couldn't figure out how to beat that giant pig version of ganon where you're riding around as a wolf and he keeps um he keeps uh like running around and charging you and i have no idea how to like find his weak points or anything like i'm thinking shadow of the colossus like find the uh shiny point where you have to climb up and destroy him or something like that but you can't do that you have to joust with him you have to like in the game what you're supposed to do i mean i'm just telling audience as well is where you're supposed to like run into him and kind of like kind of like two deer or elk fighting with their antlers and you have to then you have to wrestle him to the ground. Yeah, I, I end up realizing that after we Googled it because we're like, well, uh, Unconsolable was talking about this a few weeks ago, whether or not uh, uh, like looking up a walkthrough is cheating. And they came to the conclusion it's not because if you're not enjoying the game, if you're stuck on something to the point where like you have no idea what you're doing, then why keep playing? That could be argued as why I never really beat the other Zelda games is because there was no, well, there was limited internet or there wasn't as many guides back in like 2000, 2001. And I just had no idea. Like that's the whole, like back to our whole little thing about um, people having legends in video games where they're like, oh, in Super Mario 64, you can be Luigi or in this (laughs) game, there's a Mew on a truck because like there wasn't so much online thing as it was like some dorkhead 12 year old at your school is like, oh yeah, totally. I've done that. Or something like if that. If you push that button a hundred times, you'll be able to get Mew, and then he'll be at level a hundred, and they'll waste like, hours doing it, and then you'll come to school next day. Oh, you have to do it two hundred times. Brian's not bitter at all. Nope, 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 <laughs> nope. Uh, like, but you finally beat it. I finally beat it, uh, and I finally saw the ending cutscene of a Zelda game for the first time, and it made me and my girlfriend realize that wait a minute, what is the chronology of the Zelda universe? Oh, oh no. 
we're gonna go into that <laughs> i mean it's not that complicated like the big three uh, ocarina of time majora's mask and twilight princess that was confirmed a while ago they're in the same universe and like the link mm-hmm. from uh twilight princess is the link from the first two games no the link from twilight princess the skull guy that teaches you the sword moves and the wolf moves is the link from ocarina of time wait what you know the guy that you learn you like go to you like transport and you see that white wolf and yeah then that guy is apparently link from ocarina of time oh god no i thought i had this down pat sorry there's uh, a good video i mean i, I wouldn't want to go too far depth on this on the podcast because there's literally like a bunch of theories and then nintendo finally released like a lore book that has everything kind of confirmed um but there's there's a good video that explains it kind of back to the future style it's a i mean the theory goes i mean obviously ocarina of time leads right into majora's mask as a kid time because there's the whole split timely and, and time travel but um and then the i forget the exact name of it i think it's a stalfos um that teaches you all the sword moves in twilight princess is the link from ocarina of time after he's wandered in the lost woods for like a million years wow i definitely thought that those three games were in some sort of like chronology together but i do know that um what's it called wind waker is um thousand years yeah it's like generations later because uh the legend in the beginning is the ocarina of time link right yeah 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 so i mean there i mean it could it could kind of make sense if it was just in all in the same universe and it's just like the different it's like links calm down for a few years as adult link and then some evil power comes back and hyrule generally looks the same except for the big ranch in the middle not being there and <laughs> so there's a whole thing with that and so i mean it could make sense that way but i think it's like confirmed differently interesting because the reason this came up last night was because you know at the end of the game like stuff happens and you think oh what happens next well there's like 10 other zelda games out there to play why not grab one of them and do it like okay but then like there's a trillion mario games out there and you're you know playing them just jumping around up and down there's different things that happen there's a whole bunch of plots in one game the princess is offering you cake and the other game you have to like rescue uh bowser jr no bowser jr something else uh you have to like save isle delfino from this xyz like there's no (laughs) why do we care so much about the zelda chronology and not say the mario chronology when there's like an equal amount of you know games and stuff happening yet there's like even less you know uh continuity between them i think zelda i think mario doesn't make as much sense because you could just see it as chronological from the first super mario bros or even from the first um if you count Donkey Kong, um, <laughs> and then like Do- um, Donkey Kong and Minions or whatever that one is, but it kind of makes sense more chronologically, and there aren't as many plot items like sages and the sword and time travel. I mean, well, there is time, I think, in one of them, but as much as there is Zelda, where like way back is Skyward Sword is the first one, and then there's like a few in the middle there, and then it splits all in Ocarina of Time. I pulled up a timeline to sound super educated, but yeah, this is official <laughs> timeline is where the okay so just run this down and then skip to the next thing so we don't go on and start a whole hour podcast which i'm sure there is welcome to the zelda cast (laughs) zelda cast zelda vertical because this timeline is vertical okay um so ocarina of time is like the split point where there's three possible timelines so we can like get in our delorean and take a little educational ride here (laughs) three possible timelines where there's one timeline where the hero where link is actually defeated after ocarina of time like ganondorf is successful and so there's actually a timeline where that happens 
And then from there, it goes to A Link to the Past, where it happens, um, Hyrule, like, declines, and then it gets to a point where they seal him a, seal Ganon away, and then there's a Link guy there, and then it goes to, like, Oracle of Seasons, Link's Awakening, where they're all kind of in the same universe, and then Adventures of Link, which is, like, the second game. And then there's a part where Ocarina of Time, where the hero is successful, and so there's the child one, where he goes to Majora's Mask, and then... Then a thousand years later, or hundred, I think it's a hundred years or so, there's Twilight Princess after Majora's Mask, and it's because, and there's that whole thing about the Stalfos, the training warrior guy, is the link from Majora's Mask. And then there's um, Hyrule Adventure, which is a different one. And then there's the adult era, where Ganondorf is sealed, and then it goes Wind Waker, and Wind Waker has the whole continuous um, timeline with the three, because it goes Wind Waker... And then the two three the two DS games where there's Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, which all take place in the same ocean universe with the same exact link. And so it's kind of confusing. Um, there is going to be a video in our show notes um, that explains it pretty dang well, and I like it a lot. It's just it's pretty funny too. But yeah, it's it's kind of a weird timeline. But I think back to your point and from my rambling, people care about it a lot more just because there is like hints from other games i mean in skyward sword you meet the master sword which is the same sword through all the games that you eventually obtain you would meet the master sword for the first time and that's passed down um they usually talk about old ganon legend or the hero of legend like in twilight princess it's like here's the green magical thing from the hero of legend and they talk about that in a lot and i think because of those plot things it makes a lot more sense than mario where there's only one mario his hat and overalls aren't passed down and it just kind of (laughs) settles like that well that was indeed a fascinating uh delorean trip through the uh multiple limbs of the zelda universe i am really looking forward to like the infinity war style thing where they all come together which would be amazing like that would be insane (laughs) like there's like a time travel game or something oh my god there is like i think it's a link between worlds where link like time travels like back or forth between two things kind of like ocarina of time but a little bit differently that would kind of make sense for clashing but yeah that would be insane you see this is why i'm not into comic books there's all this lore and stuff that happens that i just don't understand like the one thing i like i have a friend who's really really into comics and i really want to get into them and like go to the store once a month and buy my favorites but I never understand, like, Spider-Man and the X-Men and Mm -hmm. Batman, Superman, they've been around for almost 100 years at this point or something ridiculous like that. They keep making these stories, and there's nothing to, like, me being me, I want to go back and read the first one all the way through to now, but I don't need to do that. And the way I see it is, like, these people are kind of... um, almost like mythological characters that you can do with whatever you want. They're like, uh, at this point in our history now, they're le- almost like uh, grim fairy tales where you can just kind of do whatever you want, uh-huh. you know, rights permitting. But with something like Zelda, there's a reason to keep jumping around in and out, even though you don't understand the uh, chronology. And that's because the games are fun. I enjoy reading comic books to a point, but like if I don't understand why this guy wants to kill this guy because this guy and this guy and this guy, like why, why would I want to <laughs> read that? Why would I, like, there's nothing to anchor me in it and keep me interested between issues. And that's what Zelda does so well. It keeps each one, like, unique thing. Um, It keeps you in each time. That's why I've been able to, you know, play all of these Zelda games, but I never finished one until last night. Yeah, and see, I think I kind of feel the same way with comics. Like, I'll hear, like, again, back when I I had dinner with Jason Snell and his friends down in Arizona. (laughs) Um, Hi. (laughs) 
but like they like for a while there they were actually discussing like comic books and this new superman stuff or something like that and i just kind of just like smiled and nodded i'm like i don't know what you guys are talking about like at all or like i mean or like the news article that came out like a few weeks ago superman gains new power or, or thor is a woman in this comic book i'm just like i don't get it <laughs> like i'm not i'm just like like they reboot the comics or they add new stuff or there's like some and there's a whole micro machines comics <laughs> that i don't understand and it's just it seems like the barrier to entry is a lot more than something like a video game where you just kind of i mean it does explain everything it's not like it's not like if you didn't play the first zelda 20 years ago or 30 years ago now wow 1980 something um you wouldn't know what the heck is going on in say majora's mask or if you didn't play major top ocarina of time since they go right into majora's mask you wouldn't know what's getting going on in unless they're like close sequels yeah exactly and zelda has been doing that more lately with uh the three games uh in the wind waker universe the few games mm. on the ds or the gba that uh i guess all take place in the same universe uh it's almost like how when uh, quantum of solace happened and you know, that was the first time Bond movies had a direct sequel, uh, which I thought was oh, awesome. Yeah. But, like, I mean, the second movie was crap. Hear this? Is that you with the book of Bond? I don't know. That's me that... with a comic book, Kyle. Oh, which one? Uh, it is called Bitch Planets uh, because I heard some great things about it on Back to Work. But the thing is, it's like, this is like a limited series that's going to be happening. Uh, this is the first issue. It ha ends up like, I, I, I don't know anything about, you know, where it's going or if it's going to keep going for years and years like uh, Batman or Superman. But what I like about comics is that, you know, the the pacing, the art, the dialogue, that's, it's such a great medium. But then, like, like we said, getting into it is so difficult. You know, that's why mm -hmm. I was able to grab this on day one and be like, oh, this is something brand new, something I don't need baggage for. Um mm -hmm. Uh, what else? Do you, do you ever read comics? Like, anything like graphic novels or anything? I honestly, I mean, I've read a few books um, that have been converted to graphic novels, or I've read some ma uh, manga, uh, ironically, from the Nintendo universe, like the <laughs> the Pokemon manga, or the, they actually have a Zelda manga, which is interesting, but I've never really gotten full blasted into comics. I mean, I, I love the medium, like you said, but I've never really gotten into some, like, classic comic or something like that. Yeah, I um I read Watchmen. My favorite like uh, miniseries is uh, called The Umbrella Academy, which is superheroes that were all raised in the same like orphanage, X Men style. But then their father died. They all went off and did their own like evil things. Came back to and now they're coming back together to save the universe or something. And it's awesome. <laughs> uh, it's written by uh, Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance. Oh yeah, enough. I think Fallout Boy has a comic series which I haven't read either. <laughs> oh god, it's like Fall Fallout works. Oh god. Um Metallica has one where they like bled into the red ink. Did we talk about that before? I feel like this is the second time I've talked about this in the past we, few weeks. We were talking about Chemical Romance before, but we I don't not Metallica. Oh, uh, well really... Metallica has a uh, comic book that's like super rare at this point, but they um uh they all like slit their palm and like bled into the red ink or something. What the freak? That's weird. Yeah, they're weird. Uh, yeah, I haven't I don't really listen to their music. <laughs> This next episode of Garrulous is sponsored by The Next Topic because we needed something to get us from Zelda to The Next Topic. So thanks for The Next Topic for uh, sponsoring were, this episode of Garrulous. You were talking, we could have segued from Valentine's Day into this topic because you were watching it. 
Oh yeah, that's right. I was. We suck at ordering. Okay. <laughs> Last episode, Brian told me to watch that I need to watch Bob Burgers because we were talking about trifolds in a science fair, and so I watched. Um, I think it was called. What was the episode called? Just, uh, just season three, episode sixteen. One topsy job. Topsy. Oh, that's uh, that was what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's. A, I mean, I've again. It's kind of. We're talking about like hard to entry into comics, and then I'm jumping into season three of a series I've never watched before. <laughs> so there's that. But um, basically, it's just an episode where, oh god, I'm terrible with character names. Maybe you should explain. Okay, so um, let's talk about Bob's Burgers then. You don't remember any of the characters, do you? No, I know, I know, their names: Tina, um, mm-hmm. the other person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the science and the mm-hmm. I'm terrible. Okay. okay, so the three Belcher kids are Tina, Louise, and Jean. Okay, there we go. There we go. There we found go. A, now, Kyle, you can continue article. to explain the episode. <laughs> okay. So Louise is basically doing the whole science fair thing, which I've actually, I think I've made a volcano, like a paper mache volcano that's like in every <laughs> representation of the American science fair ever, whether it's back to the, not back to the future. Uh, meet the robinsons or insert disney channel tv show here or something like that where everyone always makes a volcano and either it's super cool something is central around the volcano or in this case you're not allowed to make volcanoes because they're stupid and so (laughs) basically louise is told by her substitute teacher who is a thomas edison impersonator um (laughs) mr dinkler (laughs) who has he has a Basically, this show is, like, jumping into it is, like, so hilarious in, like, different ways that I just, like, why have I not introduced myself to this before and I want to watch more episodes and waste all my time? Uh, was this Topsy episode the only one you watched? Uh, yeah, I didn't get to the other ones yet. Yeah, but. I mean, at this point, I don't need to hook you anymore. Just watch it from the beginning. It's great. Yeah, I need to. But, <laughs> and so he has no volcanoes rule and she needs to make a project about Edison and so since she wants to make him mad because he's a Thomas Edison impersonator and a creep, she wants to do um, imitate a film called Electrocuting an Elephant where Edison electrocuted an elephant named Topsy, which is very sad. Um, and so the whole episode is like the whole affair of her trying to get in there, um, the science guy, the teacher being mad and finding out and then like trying to get her to stop doing it and then a whole dramatic um performance by tina and and the gene stranger guy and gene <laughs> with the whole thomas edison and like i'm terrible i don't know how they do this i'm terrible at explaining movie plots okay so but, here's the yeah. thing uh the w- the reason that i think this episode is one of the best of the entire bob's burgers uh series for the people listening if you I, would you I want to recommend Bob's Burgers to our listeners. Would you recommend Bob's Burgers to our listeners, Kyle? I would definitely recommend it. If you have ever seen, like, an animated series from, like, the old Nickelodeon, like, I I immediately thought of, like, the old Recess um, series from, like, the 90s or just, like, any general kind of slapstick cartoon. It's just, it's pretty good. It's really good. My favorite, like, Bob's Burgers has these plots that are all, they're almost sitcom-y and like, oh, this is the Science Fair episode, and this is the, you know, X episode, this is the Y episode. Like, they have these episodes that are just, you know, things that happen in this universe, but what's amazing about it is that it's not very sitcom-y at all in how the characters deal with things. So, uh, 
the show has amazing minor characters and whenever they're needed in the plot they're just there like they always have somebody always on call to jump in and do something ridiculous so when um they're trying to turn this topsy thing into like a musical or a musical number <laughs> um they get love song oh my god it was amazing they um uh, their landlord, Mr. Fishoder, and uh, the uh, their aunts, who I, I forget, Gail, uh, her name is Gail, and she's insane. Like, they all have their own plots in other episodes, but in this one, they're perfect in, like, this random little role in the background where they uh, end up falling for each other very briefly and lip-syncing the... You mean making out behind a curtain? Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> we're in love, we're in love, we're in love! And it's like, oh. that, that's, that's scary that's her no character and i was a little hesitant about recommending this episode to you if you hadn't seen the other ones because uh like you wouldn't know i mean you you can still laugh at it because it's hilarious and wonderful and really well made but like i feel like this episode makes more sense if you know what louise has done in the past and what she's capable of because she is a horrible person she reminds you she reminds me of that like evil weird sister that does stupid thing well not stupid like just strange things in general like uh, in what show wait what are you talking about <laughs> just like in general this the stereotype of, a, of like a hmm. i was trying to oh think i get i'm thinking um doug or the wild thornberries where they have like the weird sister yeah yes exactly exactly like that yeah where they have the weird sister that does things and just like does things. okay does <laughs> things. Yeah, exactly. in summary i'm good at carry ar- character archetypes Arche- archaeological types archaeological uh yes <laughs> but basically i mean i actually really liked it and it's kind of funny how it i mean back to where our little trifle discussion where there's like parents that do the projects or like the project that no one really cared about or just science fairs in general and it it's just it's so weird to s- i totally just lost my train of thought choo choo it's <laughs> off the rails <laughs> like a crazy train uh, cut this out <laughs> no just leave it off <laughs> but it's just like i mean like, <laughs> i don't know why that's the one stupid joke we've made tonight. <laughs> it's also gonna be the title oh, God. i lost my train of thought it went off something like that mm. but it's just continue talking you... about top bob's burgers kyle i'm gonna go <laughs> <Cry. Sloppy. laughs> but i mean it's just the, it's just the most ridiculous things i mean you remember when you're a kid you see these science fair things and you just kind of then you have your school science fair and it either like exceeds your expectations in a weird way or you realize that it's not really as exciting as all these TV shows make it or it's dramatic or having a dancing elephant get electrocuted. Um, <sighs> and you're just like, you're like, again, back with your cup of dirt that you planted two different seeds in a different environment. And like, yay, science. And meanwhile, these kids are doing like electric shocks and volcanoes and like some big, huge near like rube goldberg machine and you're just like this this didn't live up to its hype yeah uh i i don't know i've never had a good experience with like a science fair and that's just one of those like american cornerstones of like uh you know kiddom where you have uh you know everyone coming together trying to do this thing and trying to show off and do all these like weird stuff but the thing is you know in bob's burgers when they do it you get you know louise stealing the show and everybody watching this weird musical number no no wait i i haven't watched this episode in a few weeks but this is definitely one of my like most watched bob's burgers uh, episodes it's like um she gets locked away so the professor comes back and says gene let's do your 
love version <laughs> because oh yeah he just oh yeah so okay so i just the two people gail and well not gail dean gene and just Teddy. watch more bob's burgers kyle you'll get it eventually. yes the two people that are singing the duet um gene and tina and they just they they're like wanted to make a love song and then like the professor finds out but he also finds out that he's gonna electrocute the elephant to show the cruelty and so he's just like you know what let's just he locks um louise away and just says you guys do the love song which is just like it's just that insane weird thing of all again like all the teachers in animated media or cartoons just the teachers are always just crazy and it just kind of emphasizes that and just kind of makes it so just strange to think about someone that (laughs) might be out there and like that yeah um what else louise gets always gets in these wonderful scraps between people that she'll like take to the nth degree like the episode that um just aired last week because i have hulu plus now i can watch them as they air uh there was one where she runs for class president uh only to spot hmm Oh, no. Oh, I thought I said, I know. I was like, what? Um, But no, she tries to run for class president just despite this one girl that creeps her out. And it has the same kind of pacing as this episode where she gets uh, trapped and then, uh, like, makes a brave escape and, like, the perfect moment of, like, information happening that she discovers running and it cuts back and forth. It's the same kind of, like, wonderful, wonderful pacing that this episode had because... Like, it just wraps up so tightly. Like, exactly when something needs to happen for the episode to end, it does. And, um, like, that ending rant by the teacher where he uh, says, So what if he killed an elephant? Haven't you killed an elephant? Or something like that. Um, It's, like, perfect. That conveys that Louise won. And then the episode ends. My favorite... Okay, (laughs) let's see if you got this. Let's see if you pick this one up. Uh, Did you watch the credits? I don't think so. Uh, There is... Well, at the end of every Bob's Burgers episode is like a little vignette of uh, something relevant to the episode um, just happening in like crudely animated uh, or like lightly animated uh, stuff. And almost every episode has oh. a song like that. Hmm? Yeah, it's a love song with Edison and the and the elephant. They actually animate it out and it's wonderful. But my favorite And Tina's thing, flying by. Yeah, Tina, Jean, Tina, Louise, they're flying by as little cherubs. My favorite thing in the background, in the very, very back, is Tesla looking hissed at edison <laughs> oh wait wait hold on that is oh my gosh that's hilarious that whole tesla edison thing is just so interesting to think about yeah like right. the oatmeal really picked it up too when they did the yeah. uh tesla museum did they ever finish that i don't know i is, is that tesla museum like affiliated with tesla the car no it's just i mean it's just nikola tesla well yeah but like i didn't know if it was involved like with the estate of him or something like that no, I don't think so. Okay, let's see. Let's build a gosh dang Tesla museum. <laughs> I love. Speaking of the oatmeal, Exploding Kittens Kickstarter has raised like seven million dollars and oh is amazingly God. beautiful. Have you backed it? Yes. I is I I want to back it, but my... dude, it ends today. You might want to. Um, how much time is left? Twenty bucks. Oh, um, it has. <gasps> 22 hours oh oh my god i thought you meant it has ended no 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 it has it has 22 hours and it just you need 20 bucks that was the most genuine gasp you'll ever hear from me on podcast sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I won't i won't discuss the backing of it on the 200,000 backers almost Dear wow Lord. it's like this it's it's up there as the most backed kickstarters it's like literally number four now of the most funded like only it's behind the coolest cooler, which I've never heard of before, Pebble, 
Never heard of them either. No. You're joking. I was kidding. Okay, good. <laughs> and, and Ouya. It's, it's just behind those ones. Oh, that's and, depressing. Ouya is, like, barely, like, scratching the surface of anything. It's like, ugh. It was terrible. Just yeah. like that weird ring Kickstarter. There are so many Kickstarters that I'm just like scared unless it's like something digital. Like the Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared Kickstarter. I back that one. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't um, know. I've, I've never backed a Kickstarter, but I really like... Um, let me think. They, when it comes to movies, I feel like that's a weird thing to go into Kickstarter for. Especially like... Because on the one hand... Like Veronica Mars? Oh, yeah. Well... On the, you either have clout from beforehand, but if you have that much clout beforehand that a Kickstarter would succeed, you can easily get money from somewhere else. I remember people being really pissed off about Zach Braff's Kickstarter because oh, yeah. he could easily just like say, hey, I'm the guy from Scrubs. I made one of the best movies of the 2000s. Just give me money. I always feel kind of weird when like a celebrity goes and makes a Kickstarter. Like Reading Rainbow kind of made sense, I guess, but I don't. it just doesn't make sense when someone like Zach Braff, like that's like, imagine someone like, Stephen Fry going and making a Kickstarter. I don't know why I thought of him. I'm trying to think of like a celebrity. Why but... wouldn't you think of Stephen Fry all the time? I'm always thinking of Stephen Fry. He's <laughs> literally like the first thought in the morning. I wake up. I'm like Stephen Fry. So yeah, it's like if I can imagine uh, someone creating something, being really scared of you know not being able to make uh, financial, not be not able to make ends meet if they're doing this cool new project, but. Like, the way I see it, or the way that people have at least spun it to me, people go to Kickstarter not for financial support, but for financial independence. Yeah, that does kind of, yeah, that does kind of make sense, and, because it's just, like, it's kind of money, there's no in-between. It's a little bit similar to, like, what comedians like Louis C.K. and Jim Gaffigan have done, where they've cut out the middleman, or they've cut out the middleman completely, and they just sell their latest comedy thing for, like, five bucks directly on their website, or like the Indiegogo with um, We the Kings, I think they did that with their latest album. But they just kind of want to cut out the middle people and the record label and the marketing people, and they just kind of want to be independent on their own. Yeah, that's those... true. But when it when it comes down to it, like those people that are doing like cutting out the middleman now, they're already on top. Louis C.K. is amazing, and he can hire camera crews and editors if he wants, and just release it for five bucks and do all that. But for people like Reading Rainbow, Veronica Mars, uh, I guess to some extent Zach Braff, they're not on top anymore. This is like their next project. They haven't done anything in years, so they need some sort of you know <laughs> kickstart. Kick uh, we're so funny. Oh God, we're going into the Snell's the weird zone. Did you just why. say Snell zone? No. <laughs> yes. Okay, we're done. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we quit. No, but I mean, exploding kittens. I can't wait for that. And everyone else should go back it if we get this episode out before it's over. Yeah, no, I'll be backing Which it. I'm hoping to get this episode up in a few minutes, as a matter of fact. But no, I'll be uh, I'll be backing it. It'll be awesome because ooh, actually the the oatmeal just retweeted. Will exploding kittens become the first project with two hundred thousand backers? Uh, oh, it's got twenty nine hours left. To, oh wait, this is a five hour old tweet. So it, <laughs> you know, I can do math sometimes if I need to when I calculate <laughs> Kickstarter ending times. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he did tweet that earlier. I got the email from that oh, Kickstarter email. Super exclusive. I don't know. What else do you want to talk about tonight, Kyle? Um, totally just... Ah! What were we... 
I totally lost. Oh wait, no, um, Birdman. But we're almost at an hour now. Oh, uh, let's save that for next week, so we have yeah, you know, we'll something that. to talk about next week. Yeah, something. Lord so knows we have uh, we, we have so short topic like a, we have no shortage of topics. <laughs> no shortage, but hey, sometimes whatever pops into your mind first just kind of works into some kind of show, or some kind of sentence, which that didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs>